Hey, fucking star, what's good? Ah, uh, club good. Club good. That's fucking tacky as shit, I'm sorry, I apologize. It's pretty fucking tacky in general. <laughs> I'm surprised that, bro, John thought the name was good. Yeah, he, uh, well, it is good, really. It can't be bad, it's, a, it's very simple. Yeah. I well, I sat down and tried to make some merch this week. Oh, did you? Mm. That's pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, but, um, like I was saying to you off camera, I decided to have a brief hiatus off of dexamphetamine to see if my brain was one of the issues of having ADHD is that you kind of don't believe that you do mm. and then you go on medicated for a while and you're like oh I'm fucking useless yeah so um it's on my list of things to do now that I'm back on the how, fucking long, how long is that list oh it's fucking long yeah it's very <laughs> long I, I also noticed that I was just completely unable to finish cleaning my house you know when you clean and you're like, yep, I'm on it. And then you're like, I'm going to have a break. Yep. And then that break just turns into forever. Yeah. Yeah, so my house is just a shit show. You and know, the more and more you've spoken about your affliction with this, um, with this problem, I think I have it too, eh? <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit in all of us. I think it's a spectrum. Yeah. Like, I think, I, I think it will probably eventually be put in the autism mm. spectrum. Because autism used to have... Um, what was it? It was Asperger's and, and a few other things and they were all separate issues and then they were like, it's all fucking autism. And then, yeah, you watch that Love on the Spectrum and like, I'm like, oh, I'm not that far, not that far, <laughs> far off at times. Oh I think God. it's a very, 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 very high, le like super high functioning, but it's just different. I want the card counting autism. That would be sick. That would be dope. It's just, it, autism is just different. It just, it's not, it's, I don't think it's, it should be deemed as a disability. It's people's brains just work differently. And I think that they're starting to notice that and they're starting to fix, you know, they've got things like um, teachers in, extra little teachers in their classrooms and stuff. I don't think that there's necessarily the short bus anymore. <laughs> the short bus. <laughs> Do you remember that though? Do you remember the short bus when you were a kid? Yeah. You know what was fucked up about that was that there was like, there was kids with real neurological disorders and, um, you know, kids that were, that were very visibly, like, mentally challenged. And then there was just, like, the bad kids. And imagine being the bad kid. Because the bad kid probably was just undiagnosed ADHD. Like, in my, my ear anyway, because yeah. it was never even heard of. And they were like, yeah, look, we can't get you to concentrate. And you just keep messing around and you're being a dickhead. Just put your helmet so we're on gonna put, Yeah, bus. we're going to put you in there. <laughs> now, and that bus was the bus that took you home. Mm. It didn't trust you to make your own way home. And then these kids were just like, why am I here? Chauffeur though. I'm not like these guys. Mm. It was a very one, one size fits all. <laughs> this is like, you're not normal. Get in there. Get on the bus. I never had to go on that shit. Oh, thank God. Yeah. But I, was, I, I also did well at school. So. <laughs> it was the lost cause. But clearly intelligent, but doesn't apply. So it is what it is, bro. We all make our way through this world. You do. Yeah, my list is, my list is deep. Mm -hmm. But shit's going okay. I've been doing a lot of walking. Oh yeah, on the walk and train? Yeah, well you know how I was saying, I was on that fitness mm -hmm. thing. Um, I dropped off the walking. Do you know in winter, like, and I was like, okay, I'll do, the, I'll do the treadmill and that. And then you're like, yeah, I can't really be fucked doing the treadmill today. And then you just realize that you kind of fucking fall back on that. And that's the main thing. So I got back from Europe and I put like five kilos on and I was like, I mean, I weigh 90 kilos. So five kilos isn't five kilos to you, you know what I mean? Or yeah, to, yeah. 
Um, I said it to a girl the other day. She was like, wow. I was like, yeah, that's 10% of your weight. Like it's fucking five of mine. You know what I mean? Relax. Yeah, chill the fuck out. I don't know. That's not the response. That's not the response that I require. It's not that bad. Um, I'm not an animal. But yeah, I've been back on that. And I actually love it. It's given me a really cool exploration because before when I was doing it, I was sticking firm to like 12,000 a day is what you got to aim for. And obviously there's a couple of days a week where you don't do as much because you're busy doing other shit. So then you have to do like a 20,000 on one day or something. And um, I forgot kind of how much I enjoyed it and how much the mental clarity of it, like of just going for a walk and listening to like, a, I've been listening to audiobooks or like a good podcast. And um, I've got new places to explore because I'm in the city now and I haven't been walking since I got to the city. So I come out and I walk like, I'm almost in disguise. So I've got this uh, Man United training jersey and it's fucking massive. It's like triple XL and it's got the thumb holes and it's got the, um, it's, like a, it's like a tall skivvy and it goes over your ears and you put your headphones on. You're like a ninja. So I just walk through the city because the city's wild. Like I do this at like 11 o'clock at night and it's irresponsible. Like no one really is going to fuck with me because I'm 6'6". Six, six. And if they, I mean, play this, play this when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I've been, uh, you know, noise cancelling headphones, just walking from my place in sketchy ass side of Northbridge through down Barrack Street and then down to um, Elizabeth Quay. And then the other night I walked to Matilda Bay and it's lovely. It's mm. really, really nice. And it makes me feel like I'm more, like I'm living in Northbridge again. Connected. Yeah, because I was doing it around, like I was walking around Leaderville all the time. But then when you're in the city, you're like, and I'm just in a box in the city. But when yeah. you go do that sort of stuff, you're like, oh, yeah, I am actually a part of this community. Like, I live here. Northbridge is a lot more community-ish than uh, I feel like the city is too. Like, you mm. can get out there where all those little terrace houses are and shit. It kind of feels like almost suburb, suburban. Yeah, in that back end, like near Brisbane Street and stuff, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but it is, it, it, it is sketchy, like... It's pretty wild. Oh, I don't like walking, to be honest. Mm. I don't mind it. I like the danger of it in some way. <laughs> like, it's just like, it makes you feel a little bit alive. And the river's really nice. And like, Elizabeth Key is beautiful. Like, I never realized how nice it was. Um, but I had a great little experience the other day. I was oh, like, because yeah. I got my, I've been riding my bike as well. And I was riding, I went on a big, like, 30K ride. And at night again, and then I was coming back and I rode through Hay Street Mall like 11 o'clock at night and there was two police walking and I had headphones on and one of them like jumped out in front of me to stop because I wasn't wearing a helmet and he probably not meant to ride through there and I was like the fuck are you gonna do like I just like went around him and then just stood up and took off I was like you're gonna fucking do and like why are you enforcing a law that is ridiculous like what time was it 11 it was close to midnight oh go and do something else do something else (laughs) it's like dude clearly like there is no one in this mall except for you two and me Mm. I'm not going to hit anyone. Like, give me some common sense. You and your flagrant disregard for the laws of this country is starting to make me sick. Oh, fuck <laughs> that. Dude, laws... For the people, by the people, right? <laughs> like, the, that's what this is meant to be. Like, we're meant to vote for people. The policing is meant to re- represent the values of society. Find me a person that would give a shit mm. about me riding through Hay Street at night. Like, there is laws that are fine to break. Like jaywalking when you're walking home at two in the morning. Yeah. And I don't want some cunt riding his fucking push bike like a knob 
through, you know, Hay Street Mall at lunchtime. No, That's ridiculous. fuck no. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But it's common sense. Exa- yes, common sense. So I think laws are there to keep people on the straight and narrow if, you know, if, if contentious things where it's like common sense doesn't necessarily prevail here. It's like it might be an opinion-based thing. But in that sense, it's like, dude, realistically, what conversation are we going to have? And I get off and he's like, where's your helmet? And I'm going to have to be like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. It's like, you're, a f- what are you, 20 fucking five? You're working a job where you're walking around at night. It's like, I'm out exercising. Like, do you, do we really have to have this conversation? Like if I'm speeding or I, or I go through a red light or something like that, or I'm da- endangering people, but it's like common sense would dictate that we don't have to have a conversation right now. Yeah. And I made that decision. <laughs> and, I, and off I went. I like that you just stood up and just hoiked off. Hey, I had great. to. Because he's like, it's a fixie. So it's like, I couldn't change gears. I'm like, Whoa! it would have been perfect time for me to like slip off or something. You know? Yeah, or get hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine a fucking high speed chase on a pushy as well. I don't know if they're, I don't know if that, it's like a medium speed chase. <laughs> so what's been going on with you? Well, you I lost were, my job. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Tell us, tell us the story. I know the story, obviously. Well, I didn't get fired. I got made redundant. So there's been a massive change in the organisation. And Was there a few people who got made redundant at the same time? Many, many. Essentially what they've done is collapsed the whole sales arm of the business into like a national centralised one instead of state-based. So all the state managers either got made redundant or repurposed. All of the business development managers like myself, like BDMs, all got made redundant except for three and there was like 13 um but awesome nice payout uh it's a job seekers market at the moment so i'm not phased at all all i'm going to be doing is just like six weeks of getting a suntan training and day drinking eh? it's going to be great Dude, that's sick i'm fucking happy for you i think it's really good because we spoke on here about it like you there was a periods where you're getting a bit negative yeah. You know, where you were just like, meh, fucking this is shit and that shit. And you can see and it happens. Like, and it's, it's, I think it's for your best friends to, you should never be called out on it. Someone shouldn't be like, you're doing it. But we were talking, it was like, dude, are you okay? <laughs> like, you know, you're like, oh, I just see cunts on fucking holiday and they're doing this and that. It's like, you, I think that there was just like a buildup of like disenfranchisement within your day to day. And I think now you have an opportunity to really reset. decide. Yeah, just to reset. Yeah, like uh, not being there now gives me like clarity on the fact that I really didn't fucking like that place. Mm-hmm. And I spoke about on here, you know, people in there just like not liking their jobs and shit and just the ridiculousness of the the obstacles they put in your way. Like my role was a sales role, right? So make sales for the company, make money for the company, make commission for yourself. I have a deal going at the moment with a, with a company in Perth where they're trying to migrate their telephony onto Microsoft Teams. And I'm proposing that instead of charging or adding 25% margin to the partner delivering that service, we do 20% instead. That 5% reduction equals $300 total, not per month, $300 total. To get that approved, it has to go to the GM, the General Manager of Enterprise and Government, with a business case attached to it to say, this is why I want to give that per- that company $300 off. And they turn around and they're like, oh, you know, states aren't making their number. Stop fucking making it so hard for us to do the job. 
you fucking idiots. They've got this guy running the show who is a complete fucking plonker and he's an old school guy. And it's one of those things that you're seeing in, in businesses more and more. The people at the helm are these old school dudes that are trying to use archaic methods in a full digital world that they have no idea how to navigate. Why have we got a 60-year-old fucking dinosaur telling us how to change the way we operate? Mm. You don't have a fucking idea. You can't even operate an iPhone, cunt. Like, what are you doing? And unfortunately, that's the way it's gone. But now leaving, like I said before, just makes me feel so much lighter, man. And like I said to you guys before, I've just been like fucking treating all of my old management with absolute disdain and passive aggressiveness eh? and it's fucking great it's making me so happy <laughs> man find your bliss follow, follow your bliss i'm literally just playing call of duty and sending emails from my iphone like not even using uh, fucking proper grammar and shit it's great <laughs> <laughs> that's sick plus it's like yo i wouldn't have anything to do with you if i didn't work with you yeah i respected you in the confines of the business that we were working in together and now you were like a fly mm. and i have no interest in talking to you. But here we are at a crossroads, Scott. It's like, do I go back into IT, which is probably the path of least resistance, or do I change it up, or do I go grow potatoes in Bali? I don't know. Ma'am, I know that you are the most adaptive person that I... I genuinely mean that. Like, you're the most adaptable person I know. We, me and Del, we used to say, like, you could take... you could, We could take you anywhere... And you will like work the room, like you you will find common ground with people, and you have that ability. And I think that you utilize that to, like that probably like fully benefited you in that career, but it would benefit you in any career, like literally any career. So think, think long and hard about it, man. Take mm. your time because mm. you you've been thrown a lifeline here. You've got money. Like, you know, a finite amount, but like you've got money enough to take a couple of months off at least. As you said, it's a it's a um, workers market or whatever. Mm-hmm. So take your time. Like, I wouldn't rush to get back into something because you're probably gonna fucking you're probably gonna be in there for at least five years. Yeah, and you don't want to hate it. That's for sure. No, and you could do anything. Mm. I'm interested to speak to Stefan. Um, our friend Stefan is was in the banking sector, and he has taken a hiatus from that to go and um, work structuring street X, right? Yeah. And, and he, I used to live with him, so he was very, very much on that, like, business. He's also stuff. studying his MBA as well. Yes. So, so he's, he's got a lot of things going on. But, he's, but like I say, he's, like, he's a super intelligent person. Mm-hmm. He was very um, – he, he understood the way that the – he'd been in banking for, like, a long time and he was doing really well in there and he's taken time off to do something else and he's taken his expertise to something that he probably finds more enjoyment in. Yeah. Well, it's kind of what I'm doing at the moment with, like, the boys at Racing Dynamics. That's where I've been – I don't know if I told you, but I've been working back at Racing Dynamics with Cade, um, just helping out, doing sales, doing quoting, like, helping them set up their CRM and stuff like that, just giving a little bit more structure to the way that they they uh, interact with their customers. Mm. And it's cool because it's in cars and I like that shit. Um, like first day I got to go drive a A45 AMG rally car from X to Y. You know, just like little things to mix up the day, keep it interesting and go home at the end of the day, nothing coming through on my phone, no one's ringing me, no customers giving me fucking the shits. Dude, it's the dream. Plus, it's going to give you so much more things to talk about on a podcast that we've been doing for a year. True. 
True. Because it's like, bro, what have you been up to? Fucking working. <laughs> you yeah. talk about some dude eating an apple too loud. or yeah. like, You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, bro, you have experiences. Do whatever you got to do. Might ring up Watsonia again, eh? See if they're Just hiring. Do get in there. Undercover <laughs> boss. We should do some of that shit. We should do that where we go, because I've got time as well, mm-hmm. where we go and take jobs. <laughs> I want to go work as a Christmas casual at like um, Universal Store and sell fucking... Dickies. Night fill at Target. <laughs> I did night fill at um, Big Dub. Oh, yeah. I did yeah, Target. when I was a kid. Yeah, night yeah. fill. It was great. Man, it's the path of... It's, it's like a, you got to earn your stripes. Yeah. You go in, there's like the older kids that have been there for a while and they're playing cricket in the alley, they're in the, line, in the lanes when everyone's gone. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Bro, they offered me manager, eh? Oh, yeah? Yeah, they could Go. see that I was like at least had half a brain. <laughs> and... Um, they were like, we, would you be interested in a management position? You know, vertically integrating. I was just like, you motherfucking kidding me? Vertically integrating. Yeah. I was like, See, exactly. I was like, I'm 16 and I know I don't. And people get so offended because the people that offer it to you are like 30. Lifers. Yeah. And you're like, I'm not doing this. This is fucking bullshit. Sucks. And they're like, what? This is my life. It's like, it's not life I want, bro. Uh, I have to say congratulations as well to my uh, one of my best mates, Matt Hansen, for getting married the other week. Yeah, on the sly. No one saw that shit coming. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, so I was the best man. Um, made a very drunk speech that I kept very short. So oh, really? Everyone will be very happy about that. Yes. Do you? Did you feel like you nailed it? Uh, I don't really remember. I think so. I just kept it short and sweet. I didn't want to rouse him because if I started rousing him, I probably wouldn't stop. Yeah, the and snowball. There would have been a divorce probably the next day. Which we wanted to avoid, um, but uh, but yeah, kept it pretty short and sweet. Told a joke, people laughed, so that's a bonus. But that same night, I did, in fact, for the first time, use my jujitsu for violence. This is brilliant. <laughs> I don't so I don't know this story for evil. <laughs> I don't know how it came about. Um, I think someone asked me something, and we got talking. And this guy who plays bowls with Matt, he would be probably late fifties mid 50s something like that alcoholic for certain lovely guy usually fat boy not fat but certainly not overweight too red nosed yeah, yeah 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 you got you got the vibe the drinking nose croatian nice full of spice yeah uh he got wind of this conversation and, and he, he uttered the words that you never want to utter to anyone he's like you couldn't choke me out so I was like, come here, mate. <laughs> I just went behind him. Was it him. fun at first? Was it like funny at first? Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. It's all yeah. fun and, and, and shit. Like, Did you turn on? No. I, in fact, it was quite weird because uh, I didn't realize because I was quite drunk. But the next day uh, or the, the, like the next week, actually, I spoke to Matt about it. And he's like, dude, you had him for literally four seconds. And he just, I just remember him going limp in my arms and I had to like, I laid him down on the ground, lifted his legs up, and I'm like shaking his legs to get the blood going back to his head. And he just opens his eyes and he's like, did I just get knocked out? And I'm like, no, no, you just, you just went to sleep. And he's like, who did that to me? I was like, I did. And he's like, you did. And then he got up and he wanted to fight. <laughs> also, he'd forgotten the previous Yeah, he section. had no idea what had just happened to him. No idea. It's probably not a good party. I know that because a bunch of our friends started jiu-jitsu many years ago and they were just choking each other out constantly. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's fun. It's like, man, one of you guys are going to kill someone. <laughs> I don't think that you'll kill someone. If you're drunk, though. Well, here's the thing, And the guy's right? fucking 60-year-old alcoholic. Like, <laughs> maybe. You, maybe, maybe. I, I'm, not, I'm not a doctor, but I'm thinking potentially. High risk. Yeah. <laughs> High risk. 
But then he calmed down after we had a conversation. He's like, man, I've never been knocked out before. No one's ever done that to me. And I was like, how would you feel? And he's like, actually, I'm quite refreshed. <laughs> he but felt his pride good. was hurt when he woke up. He was very – yeah, I think that was the main problem because, like, everyone from the bowls club where he's a bit of a big dog were kind of – were there. In fact, the president of the bowls club was standing next to me while In I did it. In front of the prez. Yeah, and the prez was dressed up as a fancy dress party, dressed up as the Monopoly man, and he gave me $100 bills. He was like, thank you so much. I've been wanting to do that for a long time. He's like, I had to oh, dude, you took me you fucking big dog, did I? <laughs> Oi, it got worse for him that night, actually. We all got in the spa later and we're having a few drinks and I go out. Everyone gets out, actually, and Polky, one of my mates uh, – was happened to be walking past the spa. He saw it was turned on still, and he was gonna like gonna turn it off so everyone can go to bed. And there's old fucking mate under the water, like bubbling. And Polky reckons he must have just caught him as he'd slipped under, but he was passed out and under the water. If Polky hadn't seen him, that man would have been dead. Oh, bro, you would have been under investigation. I they know. Would have been like, yeah, Last person to like see him. Nah, he <laughs> choked him out a while ago. They're like, dude, that. Did that cause him to go out on there? And then fucking people will be taking quotes from the podcast. And yeah. Shit. <laughs> Escape Ooh. that one. <laughs> Maybe don't choke people out when you're drunk. I don't know. I'm not against. Don't choke anyone out above 50. Okay. So under 50. So if you just so got to take that one moment, just that. It's like, you couldn't show me out. You'd be like, yeah, I could. And he's like, I bet you couldn't. Just be like, yeah, I could. <laughs> and keep it moving. <laughs> under 50. Anyone's game. Okay. okay Anyone can cool. get it. That's probably a good rule. Yeah. That's a good rule. I did it to my dad once and he was complaining about a bruised esophagus for like four weeks. <laughs> but man up. <laughs> Quite funny. Quite funny. But yeah, that would be getting big dogged, especially if you're like a big guy that's got that talk, you know, like, oh, you couldn't do that. It was a I think there's a, well. there's a period where like, I think men, especially like bigger dudes are probably like, I could fucking... No one mess with me. I can smash this and that. And then it's like, you're old, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. you're old. Yeah. Like, pretty much any able-bodied mid-20s kid with any experience in any fucking martial arts is going to fuck you up. It's literally what I said to him when he wanted to fight. I was like, mate, I'm more than 20 years younger than you and I train. Mm. You don't, you don't want to do this. <laughs> you could matador that shit. You could just let him run at you yeah, a few times until yeah. he's out of breath and he's all <laughs> puffed up and then just <laughs> stick it all there. <laughs> Secretly in my head, and this is why I'm so fucked up, I was hoping that we did get into a fight so I could just jump on his back and strangle him again. <laughs> Ooh, I imagine the crowd turning on you though. Because uh, at that point it would just look like bullying. Yeah. You'd be like, he fucking wanted it. They're like, he's 60 years old. <laughs> Stop giving me lip, boy. Bro, does he have a child? Was his son there? No, no. That would have been rough. He yeah. would have had to fight you to the death. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the rule, right? I think it is. If yeah. you get besmirched in front of your offspring, you must then duel to death. Definitely. Yeah. Because that gives just the open path for the kid. Exactly. So he's in like, Game Yo, of Thrones. you shouldn't do that. He's like, I will fuck you up. <laughs> what I'll, are you going to do? I'll I've become the, seen you get beat by Josh. I'll become the heir to this throne. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, well played. Yeah, it was good fun, actually. Big dog. You've not got long left in you, though, bro. You're 37. Well, you're saying that there's some impending... Young bucks will come and get you. You'll be talking your shit. You'll be like five years from now, 42, just at a party, just being like, yeah, I fucking choke this dude out. And some dude will be like, I'd choke you out. You'd be like, you don't stand a chip. 
<laughs> uh, you go slipping into a fucking coma in the uh, spa. I'd like. I'd like. To think that that's not the case, it probably would be. But that being said, <laughs> there are some old ass dudes at my gym that strangle me regularly. So yeah, I'm true. hoping maybe I'll become one of them one day. Man, the education that I've had from having friends that have done combat sports for a long time and being at various events and meeting a whole bunch of people that train at the gym is realizing that like you're not safe against anyone because the most dudes just don't look like they can do anything. And then like Bradshaw when he was a child. <laughs> yeah. Becker, like Jack Becker. Baby face. Yeah, just looking like normal kids. And we used to put him out the front of we used to put him out the front of canvas with a clipboard. And like giant Maori dudes would be like, well, I'm fucking coming in. And they'd be like, no, you're not. And they'd be like, I'll kill you. And you'd just see him like manage distance. <laughs> you know, like that first thing. If you're like, like, wait a minute. with someone and someone like steps back and like, yeah. like oh no. <laughs> I've made a critical I've error. Made a grave error. <laughs> I actually saw Jack do a um a dispatch of a few people mm. at once one time and uh, it was the same move that he did <laughs> to win the <laughs> to win the belt many years later it was like foreshadowing <laughs> we had a few interesting nights there one friend who remained nameless push kicked a woman once and that was That's very true it was it was well deserved by the way that doesn't doesn't happen very often wouldn't fly in 2022 no other things that don't fly Balenciaga. yeah uh, i uh, uh, you know, I don't know much about this at all. So maybe mm. give me give me how you came across this and, and what the backstory is. Shit is wild. I, I mean, I just saw it yesterday and like obviously I think most people will probably know about it, but they run a campaign for um, for a new line that they have out and it's, their stuff's always pretty avant-garde and like they're one of the big fashion houses. So they spend millions of dollars on those things and um, there's very big teams involved, but... They had this thing with it's very weird. I'm mean, like I I even though I'm in creative industry and I've worked in some de- degrees of fashion, like high fashion is like it's very much art. Like especially campaign wise, it's it's very rarely the clothes that they're selling that they're marketing. It's like it's almost this like a lot, you see a lot of like weird dystopian runway shows and stuff like that. And then uh, quite a lot of times, like labels like Balenciaga will be will do these kind of like weird sort of darkish gothic takes on things but this one i mean for starters it, it for those of the, that haven't seen it it, was, it involved children that looked like they were probably in the sort of three to six range mm-hmm. toddlers um, yeah toddlers with like holding these plush bears that were essentially in bondage gear mm-hmm. not the kids the bears <laughs> and um and that's creepy like Weird. Um, yeah, I mean, but I mean, I suppose maybe they're trying to push the envelope in some weird way, but it's like, it's obviously just a don't push it in yeah. that way. Um, yeah, in these really like high gloss rooms, it just, it, it feels off, right? You saw the photos, mm. it just feels off when you look at it in general. Um, but then there was other parts of the campaign where they were showing off like the handbags they were doing and stuff. And it was kind of like one of the settings was an office and there was like a a little girl in an office holding one of these bears, like sort of standing there, like almost like a ghostly figure amongst this thing. It was a, I think that the, the idea they'd said that it was like a, to represent like high powered women, you know what I mean? But I don't know. I mean, I'm not pretending to understand the concept, but then the handbag is on a desk and then the, the papers that are on the desk are, um, a child pornography case, like their case 
casework from that. And obviously, like, internet sleuths and all that have gone through and it's fully confirmed. And Balenciaga came out yesterday and were like, you know, we really apologise. It was obviously an oversight. It's like, <clears throat> that's a little bit more than an oversight. Like, to, I mean, to have the, the kids, if, you, if it was just the kids holding these bears, it's like, what are you doing? It's creepy. Like, what, what does this serve in any way? And then, but to, to have, like, pedophilia case work on a, that is visible, someone has done it intentionally. Yeah, it was a design choice. Yeah, but it's very, 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 very creepy. It's like, why would you do that? Mm. I can't for the life of me think of why they would do that. And then they've obviously come out and not, rather than going, we were trying to make a statement on, I don't like, it'd be very fucking weird, whatever they were trying to do. But they came out and said, oh, we're actually pursuing legal action against the stylists and the, and the set design team. And it's like, you can't do that. Like, I was saying to you earlier off camera, like, I've worked for Sony International on, like, big releases. I did the Labyrinth release for, in 2020, uh, 2019. And even that, like, it was a big release. It was one of their major releases. But even that was, um, I had to deal with their legal team as because as, I was outside, uh, that they'd hired me outside the organisation, obviously. And they were like, we need basically the copyright approval of every single layer that you've used, font that you've used, all of that. So you had to use like stock imagery and pay like licensing on it. You couldn't use any found imagery, which is predominantly what gets done in like design. Um, and yeah, they were like, it was, a, it was a very, very, very big process. Yeah, at the end of the day, Balenciaga has final cut, so you can't then turn around the stylist and try and use them as a scapegoat. There's, like- very, there's a lot of departments. There is a lot of departments that it needs to go through. So, like, the creative department's the first. Mm. And then eventually, you know, we'll get to shoot and all of that. Um, these, these campaigns, like, I know a girl that works on campaigns for, for similar labels in Europe, and it's like, I was talking to her about it, and she was like, maybe... She's like, I don't know how no one on set would have just been like, what's going on? But then at the same time, it's like, they might have just been really excited to be working with Balenciaga because generally, like, for a stylist or a um, a set design company, the creative director will come to them and say, we've got this project, this is what we want you to, to do with it, but they come with the initial thing. So it's just very weird. The, the vernacular surrounding is very weird. Mm. But the creepy thing about it is it's fucking very intentional. And it's very negative. Like, it's a very negative thing. So, like, if you were thinking about it on a meta sense, you'd be like, okay, well, it's happening and everyone's talking about it. But it's not like Balenciaga are trying to make people talk about it. Like, they're not, they're not trying to be like, hey, we're the, like, weird pedo brand. Strange. And like I said to you before, we spoke about pedos last week. I'm not, it's not a topic that I give a fuck about. <laughs> but, like, it's not a topic that it just, this happened. Biggest thing in the news yesterday is what it is. Very fucking strange sidebar on on that and somewhat it's still topical um i have a fundamental distaste for especially for some reason balenciaga t-shirts it's like they're like six hundred dollars and it's literally like as color with a print on it and it's like to me if you buy a six hundred dollar balenciaga t-shirt it's literally just like trying to look a certain way like you've oh, got, it's the same as gucci all of those uh, yeah and the shoes as well piss me off it's like the gucci uh sneakers they're like they're junk sneakers they don't even fucking look good so they just look they look like shit common projects mm. 
It's like fucking get a clue, mate. Yeah, and you fucking idiots are queuing for them. Oh, it makes me fucking physically Dude, the sick. the thing that shits me so bad is that, like, I work on fucking Murray Street and you walk down to get coffee and Louis Vuitton, <laughs> the people that are queuing at Louis Vuitton are not rich. Yeah, yeah. So what are you doing? Yeah. You're spending, like, extraordinary amounts of money, which you likely can't afford, queuing up for a fucking store that doesn't give a shit about you, it doesn't represent you, so that you can go out to other people who are in your same sort of class system and be like, look how much better I am than you. Mm. Everyone knows that it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's someone like, someone might might turn around and say to me, yeah, but you like, you know, expensive watches or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But for me, there's there's an intrinsic value in that because of like the the way they're made, the precision with which they're engineered, the quality of materials, the the um the provenance that they've got for however many years building these perfect tool watches. Like there is, there is value in that. You pull apart a Louis Vuitton bag and it's not even like well manufactured. It's kind of junk. I watch uh, some YouTube shit of a chick like who is a, like makes her own custom bag. She pulled apart this Louis Vuitton thing and the stamps aren't even fucking lined up. Like it's half assed. Mm. I actually heard something as well. I, I don't know whether you've heard it, but uh, they they make a loss, or they may make a loss on some of their really high end, big dollar ticket item bags, but the money they make on the shit that they're selling to fucking Joe Blogs who can't afford it, the little fucking card holders and the key rings and the dog collars and shit like that, they make so much money on that that it almost subsidizes that really high end stuff. So you know, we're just feeding the fucking the machine to keep producing junk. Yeah, and it's a very strange thing because, I mean, wearing any label is just, it is it is what it is. We all succumb to it. Like, I'm wearing fucking Nike and you're wearing a Patta shirt. But they're things that they, they're obviously aligned with somewhat. You're like, oh, yeah, I like that. Like, I'm going to associate with that to some degree. And there is an intrinsic thing inside all of us that is trying to signal, like, this is the sort of person I am. Like, <laughs> What uh, does this say then? Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Lucy. <laughs> so you're a bitter man. What's that saying about me, bro? <laughs> I bought this after a break. I'd like to think that you're an Amy Winehouse fan, but like, it, I appreciate that shit. Mm. But mm. the thing is that it does, it just signal that, right? Like it signals something where you're like, I align with this brand to some degree. But to align with Louis Vuitton, it just feels like it's like, Nothing, nothing against them. We, we don't get me wrong. Like we, there's probably people listening that are like, you're completely missing the point, and I'm sure we are because it's. I obviously don't understand the point, but I just see it as exclusive, very, very, very expensive brands that you need to sort of burn a hole in your pocket just to. It, it's definitely signalling. Like it, it seems gratuitous. It's like, look how much better I am than you. Yeah. Like I've got a Gucci belt and it's like, that's cool. How does it go with your fucking Ford Focus? Yeah. <laughs> the Hermes uh, H as well that you see every fucking tool bag wearing. God, it makes me ill. Yeah. And don't wear Balenciaga, you fucking pedal. <laughs> Speaking of Balenciaga, actually, they were one of the latest ones to uh, exfiltrate Twitter. Well, they, they left. They have left. Along with the likes of Gigi Hadid and a couple of other influential characters, stating the fact that they don't want to be 
uh, associated with this cesspool of hatred and bigotry. Oh, get fucked. Someone, some fucking nobody literally posted up on LinkedIn, like a picture of his screenshot of him deactivating Twitter going, I will no longer align to anything Elon does. It's like, guess what? Fuckhead. Not a single cunt cares. Yep, and you'll be back. And yes, fucking move. Move on. God, who gives a fuck? Hey guys, we just need to interrupt this pod to have a word from our not sponsors. This episode of Club Good is not brought to you by the Audi Centre of Perth. Are you looking to get into a car that represents the pinnacle of German engineering but want a purchasing experience that is about as personable as the Third Reich? Look no further than the Audi Centre of Perth. We will sell you a car that works perfectly until the day your warranty runs out. Then you'll have to purchase over-engineered parts made exclusively of unobtainium and fairy dust and shipped directly from the foyer of the Reichstag itself. And I hope you're prepared to wait for the 12 weeks for anything more complicated than a spark plug because we never have anything in stock and we'll probably blame COVID. And no, we don't have a fucking courtesy car. Don't be utterly ridiculous. What do we look like? A car yard? Audi Centre of Perth, we put the fuck you in. Go fuck yourself. Well, the funny thing about the Balenciaga thing was that they were one of the companies that um, quickly removed themselves from Kanye. Yeah, true. You can't throw rocks, man, because I think that everyone, like Kanye is like an outspoken dude and he's obviously... Mentally challenged. Mentally challenged and I don't defend anything that he he says, but it's like, it's now almost like the ultimate virtue signal to be the first that jumps off. Like, Mm. it's like, look at me, look how great I am. And Mm -hmm. it's like, Chill the fuck out because at the end of the day, like everyone sucks. We were Dude. saying before, like Adidas breaking that deal is like Nazis. Mm. Nazis. Literally. Do you remember that? Yes. You know, the things that everyone says, you're like Hitler, mm-hmm. they were actually under Hitler. Like it was <laughs> like not like Hitler, it was a part of the fucking, uh-huh. it was a part of it. You know what I mean? So it's very, very weird. Same with Mercedes and um, Volkswagen. Hugo Boss, Volkswagen, um, Bayer, which is the company that make the majority of the medicines. Wasn't IBM as well? I think they uh, they created. Now don't, you're gonna have to fact check this, but I'm pretty sure IBM created something to help like manage the list of the Jews they were killing, like the Jesus Schindler's Christ. list. I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah, unconfirmed, alleged, unconfirmed. Um, this is not a conspiracy theory podcast, by the way. But what I was gonna say about the Kanye thing, we were talking the other day, and I felt like we talked about it and then I was like, it gave me some interesting pause after, after that because I was like, if we are leaning into discussing current topic, we should know something about them to some degree, otherwise it's just shit talk. Mm. But something that I was really intrigued by was what happened with the Kanye situation because the majority of outrage, right? And stay with me here. <laughs> I'm locked in. The majority of outrage, especially moral outrage, I think is fueled by white guilt. Like, I think it's fueled by white people being like, how dare you do that? Like, I'm sticking up for trans people. I'm sticking up for black people. I'm sticking up for Asian people. Like, and that's, it's great. There is certain movements that people do need to get behind. Like, I went to Black Lives Matter March myself. Like, I I agree with the concepts behind all of these things, right? But the funniest thing happened with this Kanye thing where... Kanye West came out and said some negative things about Jewish people, right? Everyone was like universally, cancel Kanye West. But then some other black celebrities came out and were like, he's not wrong. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong, sort of a dangerous topic, right? But I saw a whole bunch of white activist types get real fucking quiet. Because if it's one person saying some wild shit, and Kanye's perfect, because Kanye's crazy right 
Mm. So it's like, he said this, he supports Trump. He's nuts. That outweighs his mm. blackness. Mm. So I can't, I, I can criticize him because mm. otherwise like it was like pretty uncomfortable criticizing anything during this whole like woke <laughs> movement, criticizing anything to do with the minority, which I understand. But then Dave Chappelle comes out and does his Saturday Night Live monologue, which I, which was hilarious. And he was like joking about it. And he was like, he's not wrong that like, you know, the Jewish people, they don't run Hollywood like as an organized collective. But the majority of people that have paid me or have told me I don't get movie roles and stuff were Jewish. And then you have other people, Charlemagne the God, come out and stuff. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Now, the other thing is if you go back to 2016, there was a, there was a hashtag movement that blew up on Twitter called... Um, Oscars so white. Do you remember that? I do. A lot of that was entrenched in a similar movement. There's a certain number of people that can vote for the Oscar. It's a lifetime position that you get. So you get it until you die. I think it's 10% women and it's 5% um, minorities. So it's almost all white people. The majority of those white, white people are Jewish. <laughs> oh, right. And that whole thing, when they did break into it, there's an article in the New Yorker which goes into it that says, and this was 2016, there is systemic problems in Hollywood of gatekeeping and the majority of these people are Jewish. Now, whether that's right or wrong, like I have absolutely no fucking horse in this race. The interesting thing that I found was that when other people started talking about this, all the white woke crew were like, what do we do here? Because they can't pick a side on minorities. They can't be like, we stand with the Jewish people because they would do stand against black people now. Yeah, or we stand yeah. with the black people or now my anti-Semitic. And it's like, oh no, you can't fucking be that binary in your choices anymore. Mm. Very, very easy when it's like misogyny is wrong, sexual assault, obviously wrong. All of these things, they're very, very easy. But when things start to get nuanced and it's like, okay, well, these um, black, black entertainers feel oppressed, uh, feel systemic oppression by the Jewish gatekeepers of this, of this thing. And then Kanye comes out and says that in a very poorly worded way. Everyone's like, that's anti-Semitic. And then other people coming out and going, mm, it kind of is a problem. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, does that mean the Jewish people are oppressing black people? Should we be marching against that? Or hang on, but the Jewish people went through this. And it's like, no one knows what to do. And everyone shuts the fuck up. Yeah. You're creating an interesting dilemma yeah. in, in who to back and they, you can't. And when you've been for the last six, seven, eight years on Twitter, ready to be outraged at whatever there is to be outraged about, suddenly it's not so fucking clear cut. Like it's pretty clear cut in the sense of like, don't be anti-Semitic, don't be racist. It's like, but there is deeper problems within communities and the way that they interact with each other, especially when it comes to money, which are not going to be solved with a single ideal or a single tweet. There's going to have to be some sort of a sit-down discussion between certain groups and you're going to have to understand the fucking complexities of this. White people on Twitter aren't ready for it. So very quickly, everyone's like, Elon Musk has let Donald Trump back on Twitter. And it's like, that's an easy one. I hate it. But the way it may go, I mean, we as the majority might end up becoming disempowered to the minorities purely because we are unable to have conversations that might upset either tribe. At the moment, we're probably going through a somewhat teething stage of this sort of stuff. Like I was talking to someone the other day about, um, I don't think we're equipped with processing the amount of information that is, everything is based on 
advances in technology, right? And that's the only way that we're moving forward. There's a new iPhone, it does this. There's a new computer, it's much faster. There's all these things. What comes with the advances in technology and the majority of the things that we're dealing with is a huge amount of, of, communi- of communication and connection. And with that comes information. And our brains, I don't think, are ready to do that. Like on a level of base community, so the people that you spend the majority of your time with, you can have conversations with them. I don't feel uncomfortable talking about anything with the 30 closest people to me. I will talk about trans issues, racism, uh, gender roles, everything, very comfortably with the people that I know care about me and we can have a nuanced discussion where it's not, it's not like... Not going to be misconstrued as you being a bigot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But when as soon as you take that and you put that out to the masses, it's like it's up for, you know, there's, there's people that are triggered by different things. There's information out there that you don't understand. There's information out there that your basic community wouldn't have even considered and it's mm. not going to come up against you. So suddenly you're debating the world. Mm. And unfortunately in the first stanza of this, which I think we've just lived through, the people that shout the loudest tend to get the most people behind them and then you get just angry mobs and mm-hmm. it's angry mobs everywhere. And it's like angry mobs on the left and angry mobs on the right and the people in the middle who is the majority of the people, you know, middle left or middle right, whatever it is, will be like, I just don't want to fucking, I'm just going to fucking step back from this a little bit. And I think that when you get complex problems like the Jewish black conversation that's, that's potentially happening now, Maybe it's the first time in this outrage sort of era that we're in. And I don't mean that, like, I'm not trying to shit on anyone. Like, I think it's just, like, something that was a natural thing. I think in that period, it's probably out of this is going to come some understanding that not everything is so black and white. Mm. And maybe things are very black and white in your, like, immediate circle because you've all had the same lived experiences. But in the, in the greater outer circles you can't assume that your point of view is the right one because it's yours. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it is pretty wild to me that, to consider that we're here talking about Gigi Hadid and fucking Kanye West and Twitter when there's a fucking actual war going on, mm. which is equally as nuanced, you know? Russia, NATO, Ukraine, who's in the right? Who knows? Depends Dude. what side of the fence you're on. Exactly. But that's the thing is you can't just be like put a fucking Ukrainian flag on your thing and just be like, <laughs> yeah, they were kind of bombing their own people for <laughs> fucking the last 10 years. You know, like it's not, nothing's cut and dry and nothing, you, without doing deeper research into everything, it's very hard to comment on anything. And that's why like for the majority of those things, it's like my stance on a lot of them is like, yeah, let's, let's chill the fuck out. I know that like, being this close to a potential World War Three is very fucking dangerous and it's very scary. I know that there's not a boogeyman and that there's not a fucking prince in shining armour. I think potentially after this conflict and, you know, the um, proxy war that's being fought by the US, we're maybe going to go, let's put people in their 50s in charge of everything. Like, let's, let's not let this shit go. Like, Putin is losing his mind. Mm. Biden is losing his mind. Lost his mind. Neither of them would probably get driver's licenses. <laughs> maybe we should have a conversation about the fact that they maybe are potentially not the ones that we should have with fucking nuclear weapons. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> and the, the dude that was in charge of this country, Scott Morrison, was like a hardline Christian. Yeah. It's like maybe we shouldn't have that. Yeah, I think uh, this 
it's kind of cunty to say, but if you still believe in fucking fairies and Jesus, it's, it's, I don't know if we can get along. No, no, we can't get along. That's, that's, that's a lie, but maybe you shouldn't be running the country. Maybe, but again, maybe that's nuanced. Maybe, maybe we don't, like, well, I, don't, I don't know what's in <laughs> I know that just from the, I don't know, media and general conversation, people are like, he's a fucking terrible person. <laughs> It's like Australia's on fire and he's in Bali or wherever it was. The well, funniest thing was that when um, was something really big, someone accidentally bombed Poland and a couple of people died. Not yeah, good. Yeah. Not good at all. But they were like, Russia bombed Poland and it's a NATO nation and what's going to happen now? And everyone's like, we're on the verge of World War III. And then everyone was like, yeah. Ukraine were kind of like, we fucking, we missed a plane. Um, it's, it's our bad. Like it was a Russian weapon that we like repurposed. <laughs> and then suddenly... No one fucking talks about it because it's like I got a fucking Ukrainian flag on my Twitter. Like, yeah, I can't speak against this. It's Not like, to mention Biden's comment was just like, "Yeah, it was probably an accident." Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, "Hey, man, if there's a war, like if me and you are in full scale war with each other, someone is probably going to get hit with a fucking straight bullet." You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like maybe we should uh, have some fucking conversations so we don't need to have these level of conflicts. <laughs> Just to uh, circle back and confirm, I was indeed correct. The US-based multinational corporation, IBM, um, there was a book doing some investigative journalism on their role in World War II and the Third Reich. Um, and it basically outlined the role of IBM's technology in the Nazi genocide. They essentially facilitated the regime's generation and tabulation of punch cards for national census data, military logistics, ghetto statistics, train traffic management, and concentration camp capacities. Ugh, it's tough, man. Because, I mean, are you serving the... You're just serving the government that's in charge. It's like, it's, hey, know. bro, it's just numbers, man. Yeah, it's like, well, we're not fucking... <laughs> I don't know, mind what you count. I don't know what you're counting. I don't know what the numbers relate to. Like, <laughs> I just know that we're good at crunching them. It's basically the banker's response to getting chastised for taking cartel money. Hey, man, we're just taking... We just... Money in, money out, bro. But the thing is, if, if like I'm Jew like in, a, Jew out, bro. <laughs> if I'm okay, so if, but if the thing is, if I'm a if I'm a murderer, right? Like at this whole time, this has all been a ruse, and um, I've just been killing people for ages, and I've got like twenty people chained up in my basement, right? And I'm bad at maths, and I say to you, hey man, like um, if I wanted to get rid of like twenty five percent of twenty, what would that be? And you go five. And I go and kill five people. Are you complicit, or did you just help me with the maths? <laughs> like, like, that's a, ter a terrible analogy. <laughs> that's a perfect, a perfect analogy. <laughs> Fucking hell! You should have been a lawyer, mate. That's that was great. <laughs> right, it depends like on intent, I think. If they knew, then you're complicit. It was a government, dude. The government were handing out contracts. I don't who fucking knows. It's also an American so, company. That's kind of weird. Is eh? it? Yeah, IBM's American. Yeah, that's you see. I mean, there could be a whole podcast dedicated to this stuff. Again, we don't know that much about it, but that's wild. I know. I literally. And just the thing is that they, I think the point, if you, if you did want to tie that up in a bow, it's like everybody's got. Skeletons. Everyone's made mistakes. Yeah. Some mistakes are bigger than others. That's what I was about to say before. I reckon that's why half of these people are deleting their Twitters because they're just trying to cover up all of the N-words they used to use back in 2004. <laughs> Dude, they'll be back. People will start again. <laughs> Actually, Twitter's the only social media I have at the moment. I go oh, yeah? off... Um, yeah. I've, okay, so I've been going through this process of trying to... Rather than sitting around just complaining about like... 
not really knowing what I'm doing and things like that. Like I've got, I'm starting to get a bit of a grasp of myself, which is good. Um, but I was, I think I was being a little bit hard on myself. Like I just come out of a fucking long relationship. I come out of like a, a pretty trying period and stuff like that. And I was like, why don't I feel great? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're probably going to feel pretty shit. Um, but I've started, you know, taking some things out and putting some things back in, like I was saying before with the Dexy thing. Um, and I decided two weeks ago, I was like, you know, what, I'm just going to silently retreat from Instagram for a bit. Not, f- I don't really participate that much. Like I, I'll post stories occasionally, um, but I don't feel super compelled to play the game. Like I'm not like, oh, when are my posts going out and this and that. I was just like, let's just get the app off the phone. Don't make any big sweeping statements. I didn't fucking say anything about it. I was just like, I'm just going to delete it off my phone and see how I feel. Because I just noticed that I was waking up in the morning and I would scroll and then I would feel kind of exhausted by the time I'd even got out of bed. And I know the majority of people do this. So I was like, let's just get it off my phone and just see how I feel. See if I miss it. See if I my, my life feels in any way different. And the thing that I've noticed like a lot of is there is an automation within my body to pick up my phone and touch where the where the icon used to be and that is terrifying like I will do that automatically and I found myself I keep finding myself with my phone in my hand and then putting it down because it doesn't do anything I don't have any I've got Twitter but Twitter's I literally got that to so I could see Uh, football goals Mm. as they happen and stuff but it's not something that I really interact with or it's not something I'm I'm like super interested in it's almost just like a very very vast news feed of just what's going on in the world Um, but Instagram I was just like I'd hit that point where I would go to the uh, discover page or the reels thing and just sit there doing it just like oh there's nothing on TV I'm bored, I'm just going to do this and now I'm bored again. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to play with some music or I'm going to write some shit down or I'm going to fucking do whatever, you know? So it's like, but the weird thing is the physical aspect of picking it up. And I noticed it because with the vape, I'm off the nicotine. I'm just smoking a non-nicotine vape at the moment um, to try and curb that and see how it goes. But I noticed the same thing with that. It shouldn't be all that surprising though, because you've built that motor memory in muscle memory into yourself over seven years, six years. Mm-hmm. How long have we had Instagram? Like, you're- you ever done it with anything else though? Anything you can think of that you that your body automatically does without you re- realizing until it's happening? Because um, this uh, is what I was thinking about. I was trying to come up with something, I and, and I might be wrong. So I wanted to ask you genuinely. Fuck. There's there's got to be it was like fridge. The only other thing I could come up with was fridge. You know, where you will just get up and you'll open the fridge and you're like, why am I doing this? Oh, yeah. When you're like bored and it was kind of happened a little bit when you're a kid. It mm-hmm. happens to me occasionally now where I'm like, my mind is a little bit idle and it's like, uh, you just kind of automatically. I don't think there's anything else though that like this is in your pocket at all times where you're at work, you're at the gym, you're at fucking church, you're at fucking the shops that you've always got access to this and you're always like 
flicking it open, looking at it. Like, I could probably open my messages now without even looking at it because I know where the icon is and my, I know where, like, my shit needs to go. But you're doing it with the... My point was you're doing it without your brain. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. You're, doing, you're there, you get there, and you're like, I'm here. And now the only reason that I recognize that I'm here is because it's not there. Mm. So that's alarming to me. Like, it's alarming to me that there is a physical action that I am doing that he's going, okay, I assume it's probably a dopamine thing. I know dopamine is like Yeah, a and just password. literal habit, like physical, literal habit. Yeah, but I can't think of another physical, literal habit. And I've been alive for 40 years. I can't think of another lizard. I can't think of anything else that I've ever done where my body involuntarily automates to something and then it's there. Yeah. Like, I need to think about it. I don't think that there's anything like this. Mm. We don't have anything in our lives like this. The only other thing I could come up with is the vape. Yeah. Where I would be like doing it because there wasn't a process that was required to get that mm -hmm. dopamine hit. It was like grab, inhale, put down. And that's zombie behavior. If, if you're smoking cigarettes, it's like, okay, cigarettes, lighter, got to go outside. You know, like there was a, there's a process involved in it that I think is too many steps to I automate. think that back in the day when you were smoking in, in the house, not, not you, I mean like, yeah, everyone. Um, in the 80s or the fucking 60s or whatever. Potentially. Uh, you, you hear stories of people like having a cigarette and already starting to light the one before the second one's already gone out. Like I reckon that's definitely in the same vein. Okay, but if technology, so, the, so now if we're saying technology is going to a point where it's constantly about, um, it, it's constantly about improving the it's, it's, it's constantly about advancing the technology. And this is the highest level of technolo technological advancement that we have at the moment that is, that is constantly adapting and changing and updating. And the most popular thing on that is TikTok and Instagram, by far. They're the most popular things that are used on there. And they are becoming tools of automation within our interaction with them. That, that feels fucking quiet alarming to me like, like just intrusive. as a human being yeah it yeah. just feels like okay so where's free will and you just i'm just zombieing my way in like i was finding that i would yeah i'd be vaping in bed with a fucking and scrolling first thing my my brain goes let's do that and then in the, somewhere in my subconscious i'm fucking hating myself for doing it because i don't like that i do either yeah, of those yeah, things yeah. so it's like take them away and see how you feel now i don't feel very high and mighty for doing it at all. Like I've got, I've still have Instagram. It's not like I've deleted my accounts. I'm not like making a big stance. I was just like, let's just remove it from the phone and see how that feels. And it's, it feels like being bored was a completely foreign concept. Like I have been bored. And when, the, and that, that hit of boredom is like, okay, what are you going to do? And there's, there's, op, there's, there's options. So it's like, you got to pick up your phone, that thing's not there, and you're like, what do I do now? It's like, okay, well, am I going to get up? Am I going to... It's just that little spark of going, here's options, here's options of what you're going to do. And they might not be positive options, they might be fucking negative options, you know? Like, it might be like, jerk off, have a shower, go for a walk. Like, it can be fucking anything, but it's like your mind going, we're not occupied right now, so we're thinking openly, we're thinking for the first time. And since that... Instagram like necessity 
for Instagram, and I really do think it's more so in the sense of viewing, not not so much as partaking, because I think you need to think about the way that you partake. But in the way of like just people watching and that lowest social common denominator, 15 seconds of fucking visual stimulation, it's it's got to be a net negative. It's got to be a net negative, like on your life. And I feel like I'm probably gonna like I'll jump on every now and then and do stuff like and I'll probably do some posting from the computer like I have no issue in like inter inter interacting with the computer but as far as it just being a thing that's there mm. it's like I don't want to fucking I don't want to do that oh good well let's see how it pans out yeah I don't feel like I've missed much nah you wouldn't have <laughs> I did jump on though the other night yeah he's so I do I had very... to bro was he a, a world cup victim do you feel I don't know I was shit faced oh you were drunk Jesus Christ yeah. <laughs> not a big drinker <laughs> shit faced I went to the uh, I went to Patriots to watch the England game yeah and um, I went with my friend Ben and full of English fans fuck like I was born in the UK but fuck me drunk English sports fans amongst the lost form of fucking mouth breathing people on earth and if you are an England fan, I'm an England fan as well, so relax. But like, Jesus Christ, you stand in there and it's like, every time someone kicks, every time someone puts a tackle in on an English player, fucking hell, get him off, he's a fucking, you dirty bastard. It's like, <laughs> that's just a tackle, bro. Like there is no, it's just so one-eyed yeah. and it's like boisterous and it's fucking painful, but also hilarious to watch. So I was like chilling in there. There was a couple of Iranian dudes there in flags and stuff. And oh, I yeah. thought that was really cool. And then a bunch of the fucking English there were like, fucking goat shaggers. Packies. <laughs> so, yeah, so, exactly. Wrong exactly. country, cunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking packies. Man, they're absolute morons. But I obviously it was entertaining to some degree. And they won 6-2. It was fucking great. I was, I was, I was really into it. But I was drinking. Consistently, I had five pints and I was shit faced. I got a kebab afterwards. Oof. But that tasted brilliant. Dude, a drunken kebab is also a nostalgia that I have just not felt for so long. 100%. It is the dream. It really is. Nothing tastes quite as good as a Peter's by the Sea kebab after like three or four pints. I was at Alto's on. Oh, uh, very good choice. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was a good choice. <laughs> and I just walked home so drunk, but that's where I encountered that dude. So. We'll post, we'll post it on the Club Good um, Instagram, or Josh will. Um, it's this Asian kid and he's standing there like, I was just, I just kind of looked at him and I was like, is this guy okay? Because he was like, he was standing like he was about to like morph into a superhero. You know, like that stance of where you're like wide, wide feet. He's yeah, there and I'm like, super Saiyan. Yeah, for, <laughs> I'm like, what's he about to do? And then Vomit just projectiles out of his mouth like completely involuntary as if he didn't know it was going to come he's, he wasn't his head wasn't turned down or anything and it just came spurting out of him like a fountain and i was like wow that's hilarious and then it stopped and i thought this is not the end of this so i just you know picked up the phone it's like what's going to happen here he looks relatively normal and then it's and then it just starts coming out again it was it's, fuck it's beautiful it's such a beautiful thing man just the involuntary like expulsion of alcohol from your body <laughs> i've been in that situation more than i care to remember and 
It's not fun. And the last place you want to be is standing on fucking Murray Street or wherever the fuck he was. <laughs> you know, he was all right. He was holding it together. Yeah. Like I did check on him because I, f- I filmed it and then I was like, man, are you good? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. He's like, I'm just drunk. I was like, fuck. He was close to that car. When I first saw it, I was like, I hope that cunt's not driving that Yeah, car. no, well, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's why I went over to, ch- to chat to him because I was like, I don't want to fucking. Yeah. Like this m- might be funny, but also you might be in danger. And he was like completely cognizant. Yeah. He was just like, I'm shit faced, dude. I was like, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Good on him. Send it. But yeah, World Cup. World Cup's fucking great. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I know. I love it. I love it. I love how much good football is on. I love the whole drama around it. Like obviously the Qatar thing, awful. And I know that people are like, you should boycott that. It's like, yo, if you weren't going to watch the World Cup, don't watch the fucking World Cup. Mm. Like I am separating the art from the artist at the moment. Like it's obviously FIFA or a scumbag fucking corporation. Qatari, it would appear that the Qatari construction industry is full of some very, very fucking, some people with very loose morals. There was a lot of, how many people died? 6,000 people died building stadiums. It's fucking atrocious. It's Bro, look into, look into how Dubai got built. And what essentially they did is they build camps for these guys, usually from uh, Pakistan, uh, Pakistan mainly, and there's a couple of others, very low socioeconomic, obviously. They bring these migrant workers in and then confiscate their passports. And then just make them work until basically they die. Upside Jesus. is they get shit done really fast. Like we've had a freeway being built here for 34 <laughs> years. If we had some Dubai spirit about us, that shit would have been done. Dude, if you can get rid of the human rights of people, it's amazing what you can achieve. Exactly right. But, uh, it's very Pyramids of Giza yeah, <laughs> kind yeah, of vibes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Dubai's, uh, Dubai people did that and Qatar's cut from the same cloth. Dude, I used so to live in Bahrain, so we had we had maids, and we heard stories of them like being treated fairly poorly and like not being paid and shit. But ours were um, extremely well paid and well looked after, and they were great. But you can definitely see that there is scope for mistreatment of people um, by by arseholes. Yeah, well, like we said the other week, like the, the people that are making the shoes you're wearing right now are not fucking. Uh they're not, they don't have the, the most amount of fucking freedom. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's it's horrible, but it's a fact. Oh, it's a pretty crazy fucking engineering feat, though, that stadium, like, pumping aircon onto the pitch. Did you see those? Yeah. There Very was a dude sick. on the side wearing fucking hoodies. I know. It must be fucking fire. Oh, no, you know why that is? That's not because of the... That's not got to do with the temperature of the... Um, it's actually the opposite of what people think. So... Because it's in the desert, mm. it is freezing cold at night. Oh, yeah. So the evening games, the air conditioning is heated. Oh, right. So the pitch is heated to a level that the players can play on. And then the people that are sitting behind, like directly behind the pitch, are in like hoodies and shit because it's freezing. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. That's what they were saying in the... Because in Bahrain, I used to swim at night. Like it was, it was fucking hot still. I'm, um, I could be wrong. Someone, someone correct me. But that's, yeah. I believe that's what Martin Tyler was saying okay. on the... Thing and I believe and trust <laughs> Um But yeah, it's pretty wild, man. Like, I think it's obvious, like, those human rights violations are obviously, like, it's, that's fucking horrible. And also the fact that there's, what do they say, is like um, 800,000 800, people living in Qatar. It's fucking normal. Yeah, it's tiny. 
And what are they going to do with four giant stadiums? It doesn't afterwards. matter. It doesn't it's matter. Like, it's ridiculous. Well, it's the same if you go to Sydney, if you go to Homebush, yeah, it's where the Olympics was, is a goddamn yeah. ghost town. But people weren't dying building that shit. And so. probably house all their migrant workers there. Man, it's fucking horrible. But the thing is that that's what, you know, like other countries do different shit. And yeah, it's like human rights violations and it's awful. But at the same time, it's like, it's it's a different country. They're doing different shit, and it's, that's their way of doing things. Like they should have never got the, they should have never got the World Cup if that's the case. Yeah. Like, I, and the I other agree. thing is that football teams, like Premier League football teams, are just trading cards for tyrants these days. Like mm. that, mm. and they have been for a long time. Like United are up for sale. The Glazers, American team, American family own the own uh, Man United, and they're selling it. And there is a Dubai chic that is looking to buy it. Um, the Saudi investment fund just bought Newcastle, who are a terrible shithouse team and are now about to be one of the best teams of all time. Man United were bought by a sheik. Uh, Man City were bought by a sheik. Chelsea, that everyone used to call Chelsky, were bought by a Russian oligarch. Yeah, Abramovich. Abramovich. Is it? Yeah. So like all of these people have done negative you know, they, they've, they've all committed fucking human rights violations en masse. But every time they buy a football team and suddenly you can afford Kylian Mbappe, you're like, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, people so are it's like you can't. It, it, it's again, man, it comes to the same shit we were talking about before. It's mm -hmm. like you can't, like you can't support anything. You can't really support anything and think that anything is going to be altruistic. It's just not the case mm. at all. Yeah, I agree. All right, off the topic of human rights violations and pedophilia. What do we got? Hard-hitting concepts, you know, club good. <laughs> always, always discuss it, always tackling. We're not scared to tackle the fucking no, big issues. No. We've got a new producer. What's good? Turn your mic on. Yo, what's up? Former guest, Colby. It's good to be back. What's going on? You're going to have to get that pretty close because it's not as uh, powerful a mic as this one. Good to see you guys again. In the hot oh, seat. Yeah, it's been a while. Seat. It has been a minute. A lot has changed since I was last here. What's going on? For you on? guys and me. Um, I remember at the end of the, last, the podcast, I was saying I was waiting to find out if I was getting this PhD position, which I've now been doing for about nine or ten months. So Fuck yeah. got the role and have been at a desk coding ever since. <laughs> Not Which really. You dreamed it would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they sell you the lifestyle and then they, they put you in a desk. And no, I'm joking. I've had quite a few trips this year. I've been quite busy, um, done a lot of cool field work and getting yeah, into the nitty gritty of it all and saw um, something like 130 whale sharks we tagged on the first trip. So that's, that's a shitload of sharks. Fucking nice. And, and now that you're producing this, we're going to have to wrangle our way into some swimming with whale sharks surely surely that can be surely we can figure something out club good in the wild man we me and josh were talking the other day about doing a um now that we both have a lot more freedom of um what we could do with the podcast is like we should go traveling and like do two podcasts a week just traveling where we meet people we meet random ass people so rather than having like friends of ours on and stuff like that it's just like you do it with like a limited amount of um infrastructure but you go, say you travel through Southeast Asia for three weeks or four weeks, 
and you do two podcasts a week and you just like some random ass person that you meet you just fucking have a conversation with and sounds epic continue like i think something like that would be really cool it is whether we can whether we we will it's quite a unique format yeah well i mean i think a lot of what we discuss is like the shackles of modern life so if you do i think if you do want to go and travel and shit i will just be like let's go (laughs) no i wish i was in qatar right now no pressure um yeah i mean i want to i gotta get rid of my car i think it's just an overhead that i don't really want to deal with i'd already planned to get rid of it anyway because i think i said on here fucking gearbox getting rebuilt fucking twelve thousand dollars awesome um so yeah flick that and then if i do it's highly likely i reckon i could take a month and just fuck off i want to go to thailand like to catch up with Tony. Go visit young Tony. I kind of also want to go to the States, though, again. Um, Canada, see my friend Brett. Mm. Haven't seen him in years. Dude, you got the freedom to do it. Just do it. If yeah. You even if you yeah. can't afford it, just do it. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's how I've lived my life to date, so why change now? Bro, we're probably both going to be dead before 60, so. Oh, I don't know about that. I think we'll both live long and fucking arduous lives. No, there's likely a cancer inside me already. The family history is deep. <laughs> it's so dwelling. It's dwelling. Enjoy me while you got me. Yeah, they'll uh, they'll be able to fucking cure that by the time you're 60, <laughs> mate. Fucking 20 years is a long time. Is it though? Let's think about your entire life from zero to 21. You got quite a lot done. Yeah, but think about the last 10 years. Yeah, it goes quick. Don't get me wrong. It gets quick. It gets quicker as you get older, bro. It does. Bro. It does. It gets so quick as you get older. It's November. I'm nearly 32. I can't believe it. It's November. Do you remember <laughs> January? I don't remember fucking yesterday. <laughs> That's how you want to live your life. <laughs> how you want to live your life. Where are we at? What are we, what's the time thing saying on anything? Uh, just short of an hour and a half. Sweet. We can do another 20 because we started. We didn't start till 10 minutes in. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so if we, if we do another 10, we'll be good. Yeah. I also, with the last podcast, I didn't edit it at Yeah, all. yeah, I noticed. Um, I just wanted to see how it would play out. I thought it was perfect. Yeah, same. I think I just get, I think I just get way too fucking in-depth with like yeah. trying to string sentences. I'm like, if I cut that and like, yeah, it's going to yeah. like, fuck it, just put it out. I don't think people really care. Uh, what can we talk about for 10 minutes? Oh, shout outs to, I met a dude. You met a dude? I met a dude. Big revelation. Was it on Grinder? Maybe I should get Grinder. Fuck, why not? See what's out there. Man, it'd be homophobic not to. They say in jiu-jitsu, like people who, um, like leg locks and stuff, someone famously said, why ignore 50% of your person's body? Why ignore 50% of the fucking species, bruh? Maybe we need to sample some fucking male waters. Man, you don't, you never, you never like spicy food till you try it, you know what I mean? You're not a man until you've had a man. That's what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I've not heard such things, but I'm intrigued. Any men, hit us up. <laughs> you are you do represent 70 percent of our listenership i'm pretty sure <laughs> possibly more um no what was i going to say all right so i went to i think i was at tame impala gig i think um just after rod's fight and i was walking home and some dude was like at the traffic lights in a taxi or an uber and I was standing at the lights waiting to cross the road. And he's like, bro, what's going on? Like, just drunk guy, you know? And uh, I was like, hey, man, what's good? Like, I was like, I'm not sure why this guy's talking to me. He's like, where you going, man? What's happening? I was like, I'm going home, bro. And he's like, come fucking have a drink, man. And he's like, hang on. 
Club good. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, dude. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And he's no like, nah, way. bro. And he knew you. And I can't remember his name for the life of me. So if you're listening. Oh, God damn. Yeah. And he was like, um, he's like, bro, fucking, I love it. You got to get us on. We've had some fucking crazy nights of stories you won't believe. And I was like, that's not going to happen. But at the same time, I was like, thank you. And he's like, what are you doing now? I was like, I'm going home, man. I'm going to like smoke a joint. He's like, oh, you got weed? I was like, dude, this is not one of those moments where <laughs> it's just not that. But yeah, that was pretty funny. He's that like is hilarious. Hung, hanging out a car. So yeah, the if- word's spreading. There's a lot of you now. Like, I don't know if people realize when they're listening, because it probably feels like quite a personal thing, but there is more than 500 people listening, which mm. is pretty mental. Mm. Um, Weirdos Yeah We love you But yeah It's crazy It's a crazy amount of people um, For such a niche Weird It's fucking crazy It's actually fucking crazy bro. And you said you were designing merch Oh yeah I've been designing merch I started to But then I, I Got sidetracked But Well our 50 is coming up Isn't it Well I figured I'd just get it ready for Christmas So I'll do it next week And then, oh, yeah. So if anyone wants to buy Fuck knows hoodie and a, t- a t-shirt or something. It's too hot. I reckon just t-shirts. Nah, bro. Hoodies fucking universally. Hoodies loved. universally loved. This is not like a, something that you're just going to be like, oh well, you know, it's summer. I'm going to wear it. It's like no, you're going to fucking have it and you're going to cherish it. Yeah. And you know that you can wear the next season. True. Because you tell you all, man, and it gets cold. Give it to the girl. It you gets bring cold out in this world, after, and you need to fuck it. Sometimes you want to be. You want to be a bit anonymous? You fucking pull that thing over. <laughs> I fucks with it. Yeah. I fucks with it. So I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll those out. And um, there is a Patreon coming too. We have been yeah. talking about it for a while. Scott's got to do some design work. I gotta do some drugs. Is what I need to do. <laughs> yeah. I need to do some dexamphetamine and um, do that. Actually, you know what? On the topic of drugs, what about a fucking Christmas miracle? I reckon we just fucking get some mushrooms for Christmas and just. Really get into another dimension. What, on the pod? No, not necessarily. I, think I got just... mushrooms, dude. Like, I got a bunch oh, of them. Oh, great. Um, yep, cool. I'm down. I actually did... Oh, no, I'm not going <laughs> to... Man, my mum listens now. So like, <laughs> and I just swear to God, I just talk about doing drugs all the time. Like, I'm not doing drugs all the time. Like, I'm fucking fine. Just I just, sometimes. Yeah, and then I spoke to a couple of people. Man, I spoke to a couple of people, like friends of mine that aren't, like, in our inner circle. Yeah. That hadn't listened to the podcast and um, yeah, I got a friend that lives overseas in, in Canada and she was like, I'd been talking to her for a, for a minute, like we'd just been like conversing and like it's kind of fascinating where our lives have gone since we knew each other um, and she was like, I was like, you should listen to the podcast because I obviously talk about it if I'm chatting to her and she was like, she listened to it. She's like, I'm like really worried about you. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I'm not being a dick. Like, I'm worried. I was like, what? I was like, do you think it's fucking weird that I'm doing this? Like, do you think it's like, am I oversharing? She's like, no, you just seem like you may be like someone to worry about. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm good. Like, I'm fucking good. I'm way, I'm way, 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 way better than I had been. Like, yeah. And um, yeah. I see him every week. He's fucking fine. I'm fucking good. Like, I'm... I got my, I got my moments and I got my struggles and I'm a bit, yeah, you know, like I think I'm a bit of a sensitive soul, like I'm a little bit fucking emo potentially, but I'm good. I'm fucking, I'm having a good time. If you don't spontaneously cry when you see a dog adoption video on TikTok, there's something wrong with you. I don't want to fucking know you. 
I don't want to know if you don't follow fucking 13 cat accounts on Instagram, the fucking <laughs> something wrong with you, motherfucker. That's what I like. I, that's all I got to say. <laughs> I fucking woke up the other day. I saw a dog adoption reel on Instagram or something. And I was watching it and just like a single tear came down my face. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? No, that is freedom. <laughs> that's freedom. That's freedom from your fucking masculinity. It's just like, let it happen. He's like, what is happening to me? Are you really vulnerable though if no one else sees it? Bro, I fucking openly cry at dog videos. All that shit. You seen the soldiers where the dog, where the soldier dies and yeah. the dog's crying on the yeah, fucking that's, thing? that's a motherfucker. That's a motherfucker. Does that happen? You know what, though? You'd just be like, I hope my dog does that when I fucking die. Actually, now to twig the memory, have you, ever, have you ever like shed a tear watching something on a plane? Bro. Yeah, it happens to you too. If it happens to other people, can you reach out, Colby? Have you? Yeah. What the why. fuck is I know it? Why. Do I know you? Why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Explain um, to me. Yeah, I read this in Vice magazine. I watched the Notebook and fucking, I nearly lost it. Yeah, <laughs> right. I nearly lose it at the Notebook for completely different reasons, <laughs> which I will go into. But uh, no, on a plane, um, they increase oxygen levels in the cockpit to make mm. you. More relaxed because Fucking, people are they get, need more then because well, I'm never relaxed. The, for the for the most part, if you put a bunch of people in a confined space, they get quite agitated, yeah, true. and that's very hard to deal with. So they increase the oxygen levels. I think it's the 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 amount of oxygen in the air, which actually makes you a little bit emotional. Mm. Um, it makes you like it's like similar to being like a little bit higher. So you're actually more emotionally engaged in what you're doing, dude. I fucking burst into tears in. Freedom Riders or some shit, some big Ryan like white savior movie where they were all like, rap is the same as poetry. And they were like, we finally understand each other. I was like, fuck, this is amazing. Never quite clued onto that, but that actually makes a lot of sense. I think I remember it was one of my, my first overseas flight, maybe 10 years ago. I decided that was the time to listen to Slow Dive's Super Lucky for the first time. And I literally curled up in a ball and cried yeah, for like four hours. Um, I thought it was just slow dive being amazing, but perhaps there's more to <laughs> oh, it. Man, it's a time and place. I got a theory on the notebook. Okay. Did you have more to say on that? I don't want to cut you off. No, no. I, d- I think it was the notebook. I have a feeling. No, it was actually another one. It was like she, she had died, but then gone back in time. Time traveler's wife. Okay. <laughs> you know, I've never even seen it, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the same chick. Holy shit! It's the same chick, and oh, it's right. and it's um, it's what's his name? It's fucking Chopper. It's Chopper Reed. Eric Banner. Yeah, I think it was yeah, actually. Bro, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Okay. Why cool. do I know this shit? I don't know, but... bro. I forget what a fridge is called. Like yeah. three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I'll be explaining to someone. I was like, you know, yeah, I was cooler like, box. Uh, and I went with in the, there to the that fucking yeah, box. Thing. Like I'm suddenly playing fucking <laughs> charades, charades. <laughs> two syllables. <laughs> but no, the uh, the notebook. So the notebook is like, I think it's done a disservice to society, to be honest, because I think that from the perspective that it was given, it's the modern love story, right? And I, there's there's rarely a time where you will meet a girl that isn't like. It's an intense romantic fucking love story. If you, it's kind of my goal in life and like I'm going to fucking say this now and someone will do it. It's my goal in life to remake that movie exactly the same, exactly the same movie, but from the perspective of her fiance. Mm -hmm. So in the notebook, 
It would be a fucking horror story. It would be a fucking horror story with a really dark, a dark twist at the end. So in the notebook, you have the main character who is the girl, right? And then you've got the guy, which is Ryan. What's his name? Gosling. Ryan Gosling. And they have this fucking toxic, turbulent relationship. And then she goes off to be a nurse, I believe. World War One or World War Two, probably World War Two breaks out, and she meets an honourable man. She meets a a guy that just fucking loves her. He dotes on her. He'll do anything for her. He's fucking makes money. He's like a war hero. He's all these things, and he's like, "I love you," and she's like, "I love you," and everything is great. And he is just like, he's a winner. He's Who played done, that character? He's done everything right. I no feel idea. like it should be Jude Law. <laughs> no, nah, Jude Law's he's bit, like a bit of a scumbag. This oh, guy okay. was like, um, he was one of the X Men. Ah, um, the guy with the the rape Cyclops, the Cyclops man. Mm, yeah. Okay. So, and it sucks because my phone is recording this podcast. Yes, it is there. Yeah, and I've got this actually because I wrote the notes on this. I was like, I'm going to talk okay. about this at some point, but it's not available to me in any yeah, format. Yolo. So it's going off the top of my head right now. I'm off, the, off the dome, they say. Yeah, off the dome indeed. So. The, um, you have real good guy, war hero, ticks, ticking all the boxes, man, mm-hmm. like gets along with her mom. Probably got a huge dick. Buying her house, probably got yeah. a huge dick. The dude's jacked. He's taller than fucking Ryan Gosling. He's just fucking, he's winning on every capacity. Loves her, do anything for her. Injured, injured war, injured in war, meets mm-hmm. her because she's nursing, right? She's like, yep, yeah, I'll fucking marry you, definitely. And she goes, I need to go back to my hometown in preparation for the wedding. I think they're getting married in their hometown. Correct me if I'm wrong. She goes back, bumps into her scumbag ex-boyfriend who didn't go to war, who is just like inherited his fucking family house. And he's this out there being hot, like just fucking just hammering on the roof and shit. And she bumps into him and she's like, I still love you. That's the general consensus. While the dude's off like, letting her do her thing, prepare the wedding. She nails Ryan Gosling and then she goes to her mom and she's like, mom, I slept with my ex. And the mom's just like, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then dude just rolls back into town thinking he's getting married and she's like, I can't marry you. Like I'm with this guy. And he's like, what the fuck? And he takes it reasonably well and he moves on and then she's like in the rain kissing fucking Ryan Gosling like it's never over and that dude is just like yo I was uh, you know like I fucking survived war (laughs) do you remember that yeah I fucking then got rich I've done all these things I was so fucking good to you and you just go back home and fuck your ex and just decide that this is fucking that this is over and this is where the dark, sinister thing goes. I reckon the dude like just waits in the cup. You ever heard mm. the, the the you ever heard the term um, "wait patiently by the river" and you, the the bodies of your enemies will float by? Mm-hmm. This is what my movie is based on, right? Gotcha. So the dude just chills and he chills and he chills. And I think in my in my version of the movie, I think Mercury might be involved. Like it might, you know, the Mad Hatter in um, Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. is mad because they used to line top hats with mercury. Yep. And it would slowly sleep, seep into your skull and make you insane. So I have a feeling because of this guy's financial posterity that he would be able to somehow sneak mercury into their food. 
I like that over idea. a long enough period yeah. of time so that she slowly loses her mind and gets dementia mm-hmm. and then can't remember her husband. And then eventually that's the heartbreak for the husband, right? Because he's I like, like oh, yeah, you're here and then you're gone. And there will be just one final scene after like they've just had this whole long love story and it will just be him like just smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> just like, <"Yes." laughs> and he just like made her get dementia and he just gets his revenge in the end and then offs himself. I like that. Maybe it was poetic justice though. Maybe he made his money starting a little company called IBM and helping persecute the Jews during World War Two. So we don't know. I think by memory it was in construction in uh, the... the uh, well, it wasn't that then. Poten- no, <laughs> potentially in Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> Building some rail. I like that. Well, yeah, same movie. I would same like to movie, see that. I would like to see that. I would like to see you write it, Quentin Tarantino produce and direct. Yep. I think that has a really good vibe to it. I like it. I think that could. I think that could work. And I think you know, in all reality, huge possibility. Massive. I mean, this is just early stages. This podcast. Five hundred people listening, bro. Someone called Jonah Hill. Five hundred people in what? Twelve months. <laughs> Fucking ROI <laughs> through the roof. Exponential growth. We've only put a hundred and no, probably double that. Two hundred and something hours into this, and net return so far negative. Negative Lots. a lot. <laughs> Negative a lot. But what we spend in money, we've made up for in um, not going to therapy. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Actually, <laughs> we're going to have fu- some cool T-shirts by Christmas. Yeah. Have you fucking enjoying yourselves? <laughs> <laughs> you sons of bitches, man, Colby. Thank you so much, and I hopefully this is going to be a regular thing, and we can fucking. I think we're slowly getting the um, production quality back on track. I'm looking at a. Sony A7S, A7S? Something like that. A7 something right now. And Josh is looking at my iPhone. But um, (laughs) potentially there will be a second one. We're in there. We're going to try and wangle some things. Get some sponsorship. Always looking at some sponsorship shit. So, uh, yeah. I hope everyone's fucking enjoying it. And can I just say something? If... If anyway, I know that we get DMs and stuff, and DMs are DMs are cool. But start a conversation, like right. If you if you write a fucking comment, like if you listen to the podcast and you think something, write that shit. Write it in. Write it on a YouTube comment, or write it on a fucking Instagram comment, or something. And start a bit of a conversation because or if it's about the Jews. Maybe just yeah, yeah. Directly. Chill the fuck. Chill, chill, chill. chill. <laughs> um, we don't. Yeah, we. I hope nothing I said it gets misconstrued. It all comes from a from a place of love. <laughs> and on that note, peace out. Much love. Peace.